Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. When natural disaster strikes, it not only impacts our own family, but often entire neighborhoods or communities. In the face of disaster, a disaster preparedness and response program presented by Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky seeks to give families the resources they need to prepare for a natural disaster before it occurs and rebound in the aftermath. Today, my guest is Dr. Nicole Huff, Assistant Extension Professor for Family Finance and Resource Management. Specifically, Nicole is going to be discussing financial management after a natural disaster. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, Mandy. So, natural disasters can occur anytime and often come with little warning. Disasters may take many forms, such as fire, storms, flooding, or ice. While it is best to be financially prepared before an adverse weather event, what steps can we take to protect our property and finances in the aftermath? Yeah, um, you know, as we've experienced here in Kentucky in the last year, natural disaster does, it hits us hard, it hits us fast, and, and while it's always best to be prepared in advance of the storm, there are um, many things that you can do after, um, in the aftermath to help manage your finances and protect your property and, um, you know, just uh, your finances in the aftermath. One of the first things you can do is to document your losses. And so just as soon as it is safe to do so after a natural disaster, you know, you want to document your property damage and loss. And so and you want to do this before any cleanup occurs. And so, um, you know, if you have, especially if volunteers are coming in to help you clean up debris or damage that um, that you, before any cleanup, that you go ahead and document in writing um, as many details as you can, um, but also that you take pictures. And so you'll likely be required to offer written documentation uh, before you can submit claims on your homeowner's insurance or on an insurance policy, or um, you know even to qualify for assistance. Programs And so, you know, these can be, as long as they're high uh, quality pictures, you can snap these right on your phone, whatever is convenient. You can um, maybe um, uh, elicit the help of those volunteers um, that are eager to help you. Um, then task everyone with helping to uh, take pictures of those documents. And then you want to write as much information as you can about any property that was damaged um, or lost that you lost. And so this is like your the manufacturer, the model, any serial numbers that you can get, um, the age, uh, the value of this item, both what it what it's um, its current value and then what its new value would be and then what kind of damages that occurred. And these are a lot of details. It is so much to manage, but the more that you can document your losses immediately following the natural disaster, the better chances that you are to have your your claims filed with insurance. 
So understanding your homeowner's insurance policies can be tricky. What are some key things listeners should know about homeowner's insurance and insurance claims? Yeah, they can be tricky and they can be overwhelming. And, you know, if always reach out to your insurance agent if you don't understand your policy. And so it's it's best to do this as you, you know, prepare. And what insurance uh, helps us do is to mitigate those risks, right, in the event that the, the unthinkable happens. Right. But let's say it's happened and, and you haven't talked with your insurance agent ahead of time and you're trying to understand your policy. I mean, you know, the first thing that you want to understand is um, what is the current replacement cost? How much, you know, what are you currently insured? at. And and so most homes are typically insured at 80% of the current replacement cost. And so what replacement cost is, is it's the amount of money it would take to rebuild a similar home based on today's construction prices. You know, but many homeowners don't learn that they're underinsured until after a disaster strikes. And so you want to find out what, um, you know, how much are you insured for? And then if it's less than 80%, because things like inflation can, you know, the policy that you took out, you know, 20 years ago may not cover the the current replacement cost of, of your home today with today's manufacturing prices and today's lumber prices. And so you want to figure out what this is and because that's going to impact how much money you get back from insurance from a claim and anything that is the difference in what your home is insured for and that replacement cost is going to be an out-of-pocket expense. And so if you have questions about um, your policy, reach out to your insurance agent. And this can be frustrating, right? Especially if many people in your area are reaching out, if adjusters are um, and agents are just overwhelmed, be patient, but be persistent so that you can make sure that you have it explained so that you understand what what reimbursement would look like for you. Um, and there are four primary w- reasons that insurance claims are denied. And so the first goes back to that first tip um, is lack of documented evidence. And so that's why documenting your losses is very important. Lack of proof of possessions covered in your policy. And so if you're listening now and you haven't experienced a natural disaster, then you want to take steps to to before the unthinkable happens and go ahead and document and inventory your home and so that you can prove what you actually owned. So a third reason is damage or loss isn't covered by the policy. So it goes back to not understanding your policy and what's covered. And then if repairs after a disaster don't meet building codes. And so that's a, that's another topic for another day, but there are many things that you can do to help at least expedite that process or, you know, do your due diligence with documentation and understanding your homeowner's insurance policy. I think these are all great tips. If you have been affected by a natural disaster that has done widespread damage to your home, it can be overwhelming. What advice can you offer for people to simplify and streamline the details? How in the world do they keep it all straight? (laughs) Yes. And so, um, to be less overwhelmed with everything, 
in addition to documenting those losses, you've got to track your actions because in in the days that follow a natural disaster and in the weeks and months, um, you're going to be faced with many decisions that can affect your family's, you know, financial well-being. And so it is a very stressful time for your family. So, you know, remembering all those little details of every conversation that you've had and all the actions that you've, you've had to take or will have to take can be challenging. It can be very overwhelming. And, um, you know, to keep everything from blurring together, you want to to really track your actions. So specifically, you want to record the who, the when, the where, and the what of each interaction. So, you know, who did you speak with? You want to list that person's name, the organization, their contact information, and who are they? What is their role within their company? Um, when did this conversation take place? So the date, the time, and the duration of your interaction. You know, was it a, a, a quick email or was it, did you meet with them for an hour in their office? And so so when did you meet? Um, where did it occur? And so was it a phone call, an in-person conversation Was it at your home? Did somebody come over and survey your home or your property? Or did you go to their place of business? And then what? Finally, what did you talk about? So provide as many details for your records, but also for your memory. Because um, we do, when stress levels are high, all those little details tend to run together. And so, you know, you can keep track of this. We recommend three things. So first, just a notebook. Get you a simple notebook that you can record all of these things down in so that everything is together. Get you a calendar so that you can also make a note on the date when a conversation took place, when an action occurred, when a repair is scheduled, but that you can keep track of it on a a calendar. And then keep a large envelope, something that you can put all the receipts or any kind of documentation, any paperwork that you sign. You want something where you can keep everything together. So track your actions and then also you know, track all of those receipts, all of those dates. And that's great information to to have and a great way to keep it stored. What about someone whose finances have been impacted by a natural disaster in some way? Do you have tips to offer for that person to recover financially? Yeah, and so the the last thing that we'll talk about today is this idea of financial recovery. And so if you have been impacted by a natural disaster or any any just kind of adverse event that has you worried about paying your bills, um, you want to just contact your creditors and your lenders to explain the situation. And so if it is um, a natural disaster, you know, you may can arrange a modified payment plan. You might can apply for forbearance, which is is when you can put put payments on hold. And, and so many lenders, if you've been a good, um, if you have a good payment history, a good credit history with your lender, um, they may offer forbearance options on your mortgage to give you a few months to get back on your feet. And you may can qualify for lower interest rates on your loans or your debt. And because really in the event of an emergency, you want to avoid using high cost credit if possible. And so instead, look for ways to get back on your feet by reducing the expenses that you have and look for ways to um, accept, you know, assistance where you can. And that may be um, a a modified payment schedule. Um, And you may also be eligible for 
federal disaster assistance through FEMA. And so if you are ever um, curious as to if your area qualifies for FEMA and federal assistance, uh, you can go to www.disasterassistance.gov, and we'll also link those in the show notes. But it will tell you if you, you put in your location in your county, and it tells you if that qualifies for federal assistance, and there are instructions then on what to do. But it can help uh, FEMA, for example, if you do qualify, can help meet a variety of your needs. Um, but there also may be local assistance in your area that can help meet those needs. And so you can always reach out to your county extension office for information on community partners or agencies um, or information like the publication that matches this podcast, but for tools that you can use as you recover financially. Nicole, I'm sure that recovering financially from a natural disaster can be a long and stressful process, and we're going to have to remember that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. There are many considerations that we haven't discussed today, but we can certainly encourage our listeners to learn more about ways to recover when faced with disaster. Um, they can download the Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Service publication series in the face of disaster, which covers many ways to prepare for an emergency and ways to recover if affected by one. Topics include finances, food and water considerations, ways to protect your family and home, and how to take care of your mental health after a traumatic event. Thank you for joining me today. I know that this is a topic that we don't want to have to talk about, but it is certainly important to consider. Thank you for having me, Mindy. Yes, very uh, timely and important topic. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts. We are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.